Good evening to everybody. Great to be back together this evening, and I do want to remind all of those who are, have signed up and, and anyone else who is interested in working with the VBS this coming summer, please uh, let's get together after services for just a f short meeting, kind of a, a preliminary meeting to kind of you know, get, get an idea of, of some basics and uh, so that we can move ahead in an effective way. So right after services this evening, just uh, you know, in the big room over here, and we'll, uh, uh, it won't be very long. This evening, uh, I want us to continue with the series that I began a, a couple, I guess about three weeks ago. And we're talking about how do I make decisions as to what's right or what's wrong if it's not specified in the scriptures pertaining to that particular decision. And somebody might scratch their head and would say, wait a minute, I thought the Bible was all sufficient. It is, it is. But not every situation that might confront us as to whether we need to make a decision about this or about that, not every one of those decisions is covered specifically in the scriptures. So how do we make the right decisions? Because we want to, we want to be Christian. We want to, we want to be that example. We want to be that seasoning salt and that shining light through which God can be glorified through our lives as we are living good examples before other people around us. So how do we make that, how do we make the right decision there? So I, I put together this particular study that I entitled A Guide to Help Decide. And what it is is basically kind of a, a formula of principles, general principles that God has laid out for us in the scriptures that will help us, guide us, and help us to decide about specific situations that aren't covered in the scriptures. Now, when it comes to, you know, committing adultery or fornication, we understand that's covered specifically. We're told, though, what about you know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're told that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and we're to glorify God through our bodies. Okay, how do we do that? We're not told specifically. There are some things that we're told, you know, that give us, give us some clues. But what about making a decision about, you know, I like chocolate cake, frankly. And if you don't like chocolate cake, then we need prayer together, don't we? But there's nothing wrong with eating a piece of chocolate cake here and there. But what about if I ate a whole chocolate cake every day? That's probably going to violate what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And so we can go on and on and on. We're confronted in the 21st century with a lot of different decisions that we need to be thinking about and making, but we're not told specifically in some of those cases exactly what we're supposed to decide, just again, on a specific basis. But God gives us these general principles that if we will think about them and apply them properly, and especially if we'll put them all together, they will really guide us in making the right decision in all of these specific circumstances. So we looked at the first one a couple of weeks, I guess about three weeks ago, and we, we talked about how, okay, can I... Let me ask myself, can I do this in the name of the Lord? Because Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord. 
Now that's my identity as a Christian. That's what the word Christian means, it identifying us with Christ, literally Christ one. And so since I'm supposed to glorify God through my life as a Christian, since I'm supposed to be that seasoning salt as a Christian, can I do this in the name of the Lord and be true to my identity as a Christian? The second one we looked at was, can I do this to the glory of God? Because 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 says, do everything to the glory of God. And we looked at a lot of different scriptures that teach us that we are to live with a specific mindset. Now that doesn't mean it's always up front in our minds, but it becomes such a, such, such a conditioned mindset that we don't even have to think about it. Specifically, a lot of the times, I, I wanna live to God's glory. And that should be basic bottom line mission and focus of our lives. However I live, I need to live to the glory of God. So can I do this and glorify God as I'm doing this through my life, through my actions? So these are some basic principles that I think are up front. Now I want us to look at the third one that I wanted to bring out this evening. Can you ask God's blessing upon whatever it is that you're contemplating taking part in? Now that really should be a kind of a soul stopper there and, and, and cause us to stop and think, okay, can I ask God's blessing upon this? Sometimes we wanna, we wanna just kind of toe the line and, and, and work on the periphery, but can I ask God's blessing upon whatever it is that I'm considering getting into at this time? So again, the basic, the basic themes and principles we continually make decisions or have to make decisions as to behavior and conduct as a Christian. And as Christians, we want to stay true to our Christian character. So how do we decide? How do we decide? Feelings, that's not gonna get it because we've all had feelings that were good about taking some particular action and then found out later, ah, my feelings were off. I should not have done this. I made a big mistake. So Matthew 15 and verse 19 tells us, uh, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. So a lot of people will say, well, just follow your heart. Well, what does your heart say? We're talking about feelings, basically. And what did Jesus say there? Out of the heart proceed all kinds of evil and wickedness and sinful actions because our heart has not been conditioned by God's word in the, on, in the case of a whole lot of people living today. So we have to keep conditioning our heart on God's word so that our heart can guide us as to right and wrong. So in this particular section of our study, then what I want us to think about can I ask God's blessings on whatever it is that I'm considering doing? In Proverbs chapter 10, beginning with verse 22, the wise man wrote, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. The fear of the Lord, I'm sorry, the fear of the wicked will come upon him and the desire of the righteous will be granted. 
When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. So we're always being tugged in both directions. If we're striving to live the righteous life, or even if, it, it, if it's there kind of even in maybe you know, middle range in our mind. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Well, can I do whatever it is to God's glory? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. I want God's blessing in my life and upon my life, however, I, I, I want, however I'm living all the time. So if I'm going to do something that's going to withhold God's blessing because it is not God's will, because it is not godly, then I don't want to do that. So I need to stop and think, whatever this is that I'm thinking about doing, that I'm considering, maybe that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of being apparently led into, can I do this and ask God's blessing upon it as I do it? In James chapter 4, beginning with verse 13, James gives us this classic text. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will, do, we will uh, go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do, live and do this or that. Don't we find ourselves at times making decisions that are pretty serious decisions? They may not be necessarily life-changing to the extent that I'm going to move to a different part of the country or I'm going to maybe change my job, although that could be one of them. But, but what we need to do is we, we sometimes we, we tend to make decisions without thinking, God, I want you to bless this decision. Please guide me to make the right decision so you can bless it I, I, and bless me in this decision. So we need to always think about what is God's will for me in this particular matter. I've said many times, Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse three has often been called God's telephone number. And some, it, certainly it says, you know, the Lord is saying there, call to me and I will answer you. And, you sh and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So I need to call upon God, and how do I do that? Well, through prayer. Now certainly I need to always, as we said earlier, be conditioning my heart by being in God's word so that I, I, I become stronger and stronger in my faith and in the faith which is God's word. So I know better and better what I really ought to to do in making decisions or how I ought to make decisions because I'm, I'm a student of God's word. If you think about a professional athlete or even a non-professional athlete, it's not a matter of when they're on the field, whether it's baseball, football, whether it's soccer or on the court and basketball or, or whatever sport you might think about. Maybe tennis, maybe you're a, really, a real tennis fan. Maybe you like to play tennis. Well, what does the tennis player do when the opponent slams that, that, that tennis ball across the net but toward the other corner of the court from where you are? Now, he's not going to take time and say, huh, that ball's going that way. I'm way over here. I wonder, 
maybe no, he's going to react instantly because he has conditioned his thinking and basically his his body to automatically react. The same thing is true about you know at, you ever watch a, an outfielder in a baseball game and the batter hits the ball, the camera swings quickly to center field or wherever the ball is being hit to the outfield. That player, that, that fielder has already turned and started running one direction or another, and the, bat has, uh, the ball has just left the bat. He knows exactly what to do because he's conditioned. He's conditioned himself in his thinking and his, his physical reaction to automatically and instantly react to where the ball's being hit. As Christians, we need to get to the point. Now that takes, that takes continual conditioning, but we need to keep conditioning ourselves to get to the point where we're, it, it, decisions confronting us, it's instant. We automatically understand what to do. We don't even have to think about it that much in most cases because we know that we want to live in a righteous way before God. So call to me and I will answer you. We need to pray to God, ask him, please give me your wisdom, please give me your guidance. But also we need to keep conditioning our, our, our thinking, our hearts, our souls, our mindset with God's word by being diligent students of God's word on an ongoing basis. Now, you're facing this decision. You're about to make this decision. Did you seek God's wisdom as you came to your conclusion? The psalmist wrote in Psalm 111 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Where do we go for wisdom? Well, you know, I talk to my mama sometimes. This, there's this guy at work. You know, he's older. He really seems to know a lot. I, I go to him. Go to God. Go to God first and foremost. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God is the source of all wisdom. He is all wise. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. So the more and more we immerse ourselves in God's word and also in prayer, the more and more we're going to develop the wisdom or godly wisdom within our lives, within our thinking. Did you seek God's wisdom? The wise man wrote in Proverbs chapter one, verses two and three, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. I need to be praying to God for wisdom. I need to be studying his word to grow in knowledge and thereby wisdom so that I can be better equipped to automatically, if you would, respond to whatever the situation might be. Verse five, a wise man will hear and increase learning and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. How many times have we been associated with somebody who they just seem to continually make foolish decisions one after another. But they never seem to learn to, how to avoid that, how to, how, to, how to correct that, because they're foolish in their thinking. They don't have much in the way of wisdom. In verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So have you ever tried to talk to somebody who was making bad choices 
making mistakes one after another in their life situations and they just did not want to hear you? They either just closed a deaf ear or maybe they walked away or maybe they just threw up their hands and said, I don't want to hear it. Well, what, is, what does the scripture say there? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. When we go a little bit further in Proverbs chapter 14 and we look at verse 2, Again, the wise man wrote, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We've talked about it, haven't we? We have, we, we make mistakes sometimes on a more casual basis. Should I turn right here or should I turn left to get to my destination? I've never been this way before. Which is right? I, it, it seems like it, it, I ought to go to the right. And then we turn to the right, and then after a block or two or a mile or two, yeah, we, I, I came the wrong direction. I was looking for a particular landmark, and it's gone. Well, so we turn around and go back. And we make the same kinds of mistakes in, in developing relationships, don't we? This person really seems like a good person. I think he'd be a good friend, or she would be a good friend. And so we enter into that relationship, and we open ourselves up. But after a period of time, we come to realize this was a bad choice. I don't need to be a friend with this particular person. Now, maybe I can be friendly on a casual basis, but I don't need to have a relationship with this person that is going to unduly lead me into the lifestyle that they're living because they're living an ungodly lifestyle. So we need to stop and think. We really do. Stop and think. A lot of times people make really bad decisions because they have not used proper discretion in their thinking. They have not sought God's wisdom. I watched an interview many years ago, and this was an actual case. The man was still in jail, and so the reporter was, was there with him, interviewing him. And he had been put in jail because he basically murdered two people over road rage. He was driving along, and I don't know, they cut him off or something. Anyway, it, the interaction started going. They were in a van. He was in a car, I believe, or maybe a truck. I think it was a car, though. And so whatever the situation was, both sides became, you know, more confrontational. And, and so they, they speeded up, and they were racing down the street, and he was trying to get to them. And I don't know what would have happened if he could have stopped them, probably got out and tried to, to beat them up or something. But instead, <clears throat> it was a man and a woman in the van, and so the woman picked up something and pointed to him through the passenger side window. He thought it was a weapon, a gun, so he pulled his own gun, which he had in the car, started shooting into the van, and killed them both. Now, when the police arrived, there was no gun in the, in the van. He was, he was in jail. He was in jail for quite a period of time, was the sentence. The reporter asked him, if you had it to do over again, would you change anything? And I was amazed at his answer. I would have thought after what he had been through and he's in jail, and let me tell you, I've been to a lot of jails through, through ministry, and I, I've, I've even seen you know, the, the cutting edge of the latest and finest in technology, but I wouldn't want to live in any of them because they're jail. You can't just get out on your own. But he'd been in jail for quite some time. And so the reporter asked him, if you had it to do over again, would you do anything different? 
Now, I would expect him to say, yeah, I, I've learned the lesson. I, I just would slow, uh, slow down, let them pass by, and let my emotions come down. But instead, his only answer was, maybe take a different way home. In other words, if, this, if the situation confronted him again, he was indicating, from the way I interpreted his answer, I'd probably do the same thing again. Well, how foolish that is. But the fools or the foolish people despise wisdom. Do you have faith in whatever it is that you're considering doing that this is God's will, that God will be pleased in this? Do you have faith that this will be, I will be pleasing to God in making this decision and taking this course of action? In Romans chapter 14, verses 22 and 23, and if you want to think of a basic verse of scripture or text of scripture to guide you in this particular uh, principle of can I ask God's blessing on this? this? This would be kind of a core text right here. Romans chapter 14, verses 22 and 23. Do you have faith, Paul asks? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts, now get this, he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. Or he who doubts is condemned, the principle there being, if you take this action, but you know, you just, yeah, your conscience is bothering you. Yeah, I, I don't know, should I really be doing this? But you do it because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Can I be confident that what I'm about to do would be pleasing to God, would be okay with God? Very important principle for us to understand. Can you have confidence in the righteousness of this decision? We look at Psalm 145, beginning with verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. And he wants us to be righteous in all of our ways, by the way. Glorious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth, in truth. He will fully desire, of, uh, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. So I want to make sure that to the best of my ability, I keep myself away from that realm of the wicked or wickedness. So can I have confidence in the righteousness of this decision? And being involved in unrighteousness, that's sin. And that separates me from God. 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, that is with God, and walk in darkness. Now, the darkness is, is simply, you know, uh, illustrative of, of sinfulness or unrighteousness, ungodliness. If we say we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, we lie. We lie and do not practice the truth. So can I have confidence that I'm doing this properly? What does the prophet Isaiah write in Isaiah 59 and verse 2? Your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. 
that needs to be burned into our brains. If I'm going to dabble into sin, then I'm entering into a realm that separates me from God. And I don't want to be separated from God. What if my life were to come to an end while I was taking part in that sinful practice? What if the Lord were to come again on the final day of judgment while I was taking part in some sinful action? I don't want to be there. I want to be ready for the Lord to come. Can your conscience be defiled in taking this step? Titus chapter 1, beginning with verse 15, Paul wrote, To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled, to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to, they, they profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. How many times have we heard people talk about how much they love God, how much they love Jesus, they talk about their deep faith and all that, and maybe just five minutes later they're cursing in God's name, they're using profanity in the name of Jesus. There's something inconsistent there, isn't there? Or maybe we know that they're, that they're living in a sinful lifestyle of one kind or another and, and, and they have no compunction about it. They think it's okay and that they claim to have faith in God. They claim to love God and so on. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him. So can we do this? And we're, we're thinking, I love God. I want to be true to God. I want to walk with God. I want to be in heaven. Well, okay. Will this action or this behavior or whatever this is that I'm considering taking part in, and it could be, you know, a long ongoing thing, is this going to be okay in God's eyes? Am I, am I going to be able to live a godly life doing this, whatever it might be? Can I have confidence toward God in this particular action? We need to live in such a way that our heart does not condemn us. 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue. A whole lot of people do that, don't they? But in deed and in truth. In other words, our lifestyle needs to evidence our love for God. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are not pleasing in his sight. I need to live in such a way that I can be confident. I don't want to have a bad conscience. I don't want to have to wrestle with my conscience. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to just by, by instinct know that I'm, I'm walking with God in faithfulness. When I was a very young man in a different career, when I was in the grocery business, I was working in a particular store and, and you make friends with the people who are there. Now, maybe not really good friends. I, I contend we only have a very few really good friends in our lives. But you were friendly with these folks. And so one evening... Some of them, you know, after they got off work, they were going to go to a bar across the street. Invited me to come. 
Now, there was no way I was going to go in there and drink. But I thought at that particular time in my life, I could go to the bar. I could sit with them. I could have a Coke. And as long as I did not take part in, in you know, the alcoholic beverages, I'd be okay. You can figure out what happened, can't you? After that evening, sometime after that evening, my conscience started working on me. I started to think, I should not have been in that bar. I wasn't drinking. There was no way I was going to drink. But I was in a place where all kinds of sinful activity takes place. All kinds. Not just getting drunk, which is against God's word, but sexual immorality, cursing, violence, all of that kind of stuff takes place in that kind of a setting, that kind of an atmosphere. And as the days went on, my conscience bothered me more and more. And so I made the decision to before the congregation to make that right and repent of that and ask, their, their, ask God's forgiveness and ask for their prayers for me along that line. I haven't done that again. At one point, I thought I could be in a circle of, of people that I had some loose association with, and they could be passing the marijuana joint around. When it came to me, I just passed it on to the next one. I wasn't going to take part in it. But again, I walked away from that. I did not take part in that kind of activity. I don't want to compromise my Christian principles. That was very, very, very long time ago when I was just a young man. But those lessons are still burned in my brain. I don't want to put myself in any kind of compromising position before my God. I want him to be pleased with me. And I want to be able to have confidence that I'm walking faithfully with him. And that whatever I'm going to do, I can wear the name Christian confidently and that in my lifestyle I can glorify God now here's a question are you struggling to justify this decision whatever it might be first John chapter 2 beginning with verse 28 and now little children abide in him that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming I know that he is righteous. You know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Born of him. Are you struggling to justify this decision? And if you are, you probably need to put that decision on hold till you can work that out in your mind before God. Pray for God's wisdom. Pray for God's guidance in making the right decision and whatever that matter might be. Can you pray for this with confidence? 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now the key there and the qualifier is according to his will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I'm afraid a lot of times that people may be tempted to 
God, please guide me in this. Please give me your wisdom. Please give me your confidence. But they've already got their mind made up. But they've said the words. And so they feel better about saying the words. But they pretty much already got their mind made up what they're going to do. And that can be a faulty line of reasoning. Can you ask God's blessings upon whatever it is you're considering doing? If you have not yet been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, then your life is not right before God. And you cannot rightly ask God's blessings upon your life because you're living in disobedience. If you need to study about that some more, please ask us to help you with that. And we don't want to, we're not going to respond in arrogance. We're going to respond in humility and love and even rejoicing that we have the opportunity to help you learn God's will for your life. Look to him for his wisdom in making your life choices. If you need the prayers of the church, again, we would love to pray with you and for you. Or if you just need to talk privately, we're here. We're here. We want to help. Our invitation song is number 871. 871. And if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, if you need to make a life change right now in, your, in the way you're living, we encourage you to take that step as we stand together and sing.